Welcome back to Agent Investor, inspiring stories of active agents investing in real estate and building passive income. In a business where potential deals are all around you, why not leverage your skills to invest for yourself, your family, and your future? And now, let's jump into the latest episode of Agent Investor. All right, today we're going to be talking about scripting, cash offer scripting. And for those of you who have followed along in the Agent Investor Facebook group, I've had this... I don't know the right word for it, but I've had this um, post up there that basically says to people, hey, if you want access to the agent investor scripts, type scripts below. And this thing keeps like auto regenerating and coming to the top of the Facebook group. And I've been able to give out a lot of scripts to different people, but I realized that I haven't been as diligent about giving out the scripts as I would like to be. But in addition to that, I also felt like not only would it be good to give everybody the scripts, but really to talk about, you know, how to use them. And again, the scripting today that we're going to cover um, is going to be all about, it's going to be all about cash offer scripting. So when you get that live face-to-face -face seller appointment, or you generate a cash offer opportunity by mailing or texting or doing whatever you're doing to get a face-to-face -face appointment, what do you actually then say to the seller? Because these face-to-face -face appointments are definitely different than a traditional listing appointment. If you're treating them like a traditional listing appointment, you're making a huge mistake. So today I'm going to do my best to talk about what the scripting looks like both before the appointment and on the appointment. Now, I do want to cover really quickly something that I've never shared with anybody in this group before, which is what some of the systems and tools and processes and videos and trainings look like for those of you who are already Inner Circle members. Now, there are a bunch of Inner Circle members already. We've been promoting the Inner Circle now for a while, and there's a lot of you who have access to the Inner Circle documents. But for those of you who don't, I just want to show you really quickly, just on simply the topic of cash offer, what we have. So within this group here that we invite you into once you're an Inner Circle member, you get access to our pricing and valuation videos, um, our actual chart of how we do this, cash offer mastery, which is you know something in and of itself. You can see there's 62 videos, modules, handouts, just a lot of things for you guys to use. Overcoming seller objections, disk personality assess assessments, cash offer conversion checklist. I mean, the list kind of goes on and on and on. And then we go down to like inside sales, which is obviously just making the phone calls. And there's 30 videos there. I'm just showing you all this because this is something that I've actually never shared on any of the videos that I've done before. There is a tremendous, tremendous amount of content that you get access to if you're an inner circle member that you don't get access to if you're on here and kind of just listening along. Now, most of you know this, that there are multiple ways to get into the inner circle. 
Two of them are completely free. If you're interested in learning more about joining the Inner Circle, getting access to um, additional information that you can't get for free through the, the Facebook group, if you want direct access to me, if you want the ability to partner with us on deals so that you don't have to bring money um, or you don't have to do the construction, just jump on an Inner Circle call. And all you need to do in order to do that is just go to www.agentinvestorinnercircle.com. Again, that's agentinvestorinnercircle.com. And you can book a day and a time to speak with me directly. Okay. Again, don't want this to be um, too much about the inner circle. Just know that if you are looking for coaching, additional help, systems, partnership opportunities, the inner circle is definitely a call that you want to be on. Okay. Now, jumping into the content for today, which is scripting. Okay. We talked about the fact that we're talking about cash offer appointments. Now, before I open this up, I just want to say a few quick things on scripting. How do you scripts in general? Like, why are there scripts? And I want to cover why there, why there aren't scripts. So scripts are not there. N-O-T, not there to memorize. Um, they are not there for you to go into a seller's living room or have a phone call with a seller and to read off of. If you need to look down, to read off of your script, do not even use it to begin with. The most important thing when you're having a face-to-face -face seller appointment or you're having a call is to bring your natural personality into it, okay? If you do not have a regular, normal, everyday, everyday personality conversation, if you are not authentic, if you are not genuine, I don't care how many scripts you read or how many scripts you get access to, you're going to screw it up. Nobody wants to get sold to. And the minute that somebody thinks that you're that they are being sold to, that you are being scripted, they will automatically get turned off and I guarantee you will lose that sale. So I say that with a word of caution, not to get too into specific wording on the scripts. The reason for scripts is so that you get an understanding of the framework of a conversation, so that you get an understanding of the types of things that you want to talk about, but more importantly, the types of questions that you need to ask, okay? If I'm thinking about sales in general, okay, there's only a couple of things that you need to do in order to make a sale. The first thing that you need to do is understand where the person that you're meeting with, where they're at and where they want to go, okay? Because when you're meeting with them, you're in their living room or you're on the phone with them, if you don't understand why they're doing what they're doing, what they want to accomplish, you have no chance. The only way to understand what they want to accomplish, where they're at, where they want to go is by asking a lot of questions. Now, most of my scripting I just look at it as question asking because my number one objective when I'm meeting with somebody on the phone or in person is to try to figure out what they want. And part two of any sale is to be able to show them how you can get it for them. Okay. So number one, we have to ask a bunch of questions to uncover what it is that they truly want. 
And when I say a bunch of questions, there's a reason why you tend to have to ask so many questions because a lot of times you have to kind of cut through the first thing they say, the second thing they say. Sometimes the person that you meet with, especially when it comes to picking a listing or selling direct cash, a lot of times they don't necessarily know what they need. So you're like a doctor, you're going in, you're asking them a bunch of questions, and then you're giving them the prescription. You're the expert. By being an expert, that doesn't mean that you tell them to do something that doesn't make sense for them. No, far from it. In fact, you actually do the opposite. You make sure to ask the right questions to understand what they want so that you can provide them with the right solution. In this example, the two solutions that we were talking about is either giving them a cash offer or listing their home. Of course, there can be other outcomes of the appointment. You may meet with a seller and at the end of the, the appointment, they may decide that they don't even want to sell at all. That's okay. Again, you're looking to uncover where they're at, where they're wanting to go, what their motivation is, and how you can potentially be a part of that. Okay. Does that make sense? Let me now open up the scripts. And I told you all I would give you access to these. Okay. So I'm going to type into the comment section and just say it out loud. Oh, actually, you know what? Let me make it even easier for everybody. www.tinyurl.com forward slash agent investor scripts. If you're interested in getting access to these scripts, please take this down now. And then all you need to do is go into your browser. It's going to take you to the same folder that I'm in. And now I'm going to walk you through these calls. All right. So I call this the per picture perfect call script. Now, one thing that I want to point out, because a lot of times when we're going on a face-to-face -face seller appointment from a mailer or a TV ad or a pay-per-click ad, a lot of times we're having a pretty long phone conversation ahead of time. I like to do a lot of work up front on the phone. Having said this, there are going to be instances where you can't have a long phone conversation. That's okay. What we do on the phone and what we do in person is not much different. I like if I have an opportunity to do this work on the phone so that I can then hang up the phone, kind of get my game plan together for the face-to-face -face appointment, and then attack the face-to-face -face appointment based on what happened over the phone. In an ideal world for me, I'm almost basically doing the initial meeting on the phone, which means that it might be a 15, 20, or 25-minute call. Now, again, this is my strategy. You don't have to use my strategy. My strategy works well for me. Um, and I'm going to walk you through how we do the phone calls. But keep in mind that all of the scripting that's up here is really going to be a lot of the same stuff, whether you're on the phone or in person, okay? So the first thing that happens anytime that we get a lead, right, is we're trying to book an appointment. That's the first thing that we want to do. We want to set the day, the time, right? We don't want to ask all these questions first. We don't want to do any script work first because we want to get them to commit to a day and time. We do that because sometimes as we start to get through these series of questions, people will say, hey, you know what? I got to go. I got to run to the doctor. I got to pick up my kids. At the very least, we're starting off the script with booking the appointment so that we have the appointment in the, in the case that the seller cuts us off, okay? So 
the questions that we typically ask, and these are in no particular order, okay? These can be done in any order. It doesn't matter. Again, what do you want to do? You want to have all these questions in your brain, right? Maybe not all of them, but a framework for them so that when you're having a conversation with somebody, it's natural, okay? And the most important thing to think about is to be inquisitive. Again, you want to understand where they're at, where they're looking to go, and how you can potentially bridge that gap. So first question we typically ask is, hey, what's the condition of the house on a scale of one to 10? Okay. That brings out a lot. That typically might take like five minutes for somebody to answer. They almost never answer it with just giving you like a three or four or a 10. It's always a company with a story, right? If the house is a 10 out of 10, they're telling you all of the work that they did to get it to a 10 out of 10. If it's usually like a one or two out of 10, they're trying to make it be like, oh, the house isn't really that bad. But then they're kind of describing the house to you and you can kind of understand why it would be so low. Now, again, whether you're in person or on the phone, if you're in person, you don't have to ask about the condition of the house, but you're obviously going through the house. Why we want to know the condition and asking a question about the condition or looking at the condition is usually one of the most obvious things that people think about whether or not somebody would be more inclined to list versus sell direct cash. Now, one mistake that a lot of people make when they're starting out doing this is they make the assumption that there's really only one thing they need to find out, if the house is in good condition or bad condition. And they think that if the house is in good condition, they should list. They think if it's in bad condition, they, they should sell to an investor. But there are actually two components. And again, this is the framework that you need to be thinking about when you're talking to a seller or meeting with them. The first is the house. The condition of the house is a big deal. It can drive the type of sale, but there's also the person in their situation. So let me give you like one simple example and then I'm gonna continue on. Let's say that somebody has a nine out of 10 condition home. Home is beautiful. Home doesn't need a lot of work. But then you find out that the person has to sell in three weeks, okay? You could have gone out there, just looked at the condition or asked them the condition over the phone. They could have shown you pictures. The pictures could have been like nine out of 10. But in reality, they still need to sell to an investor because they need to sell the house in three weeks, okay? So with that being said, condition is very important, but it's probably... 30% or 40% of what you need to know in order to make your diagnosis. Remember, you're a doctor. You're figuring out what they need, okay? What got you thinking about selling? Okay, this is a motivation question. A lot of things come out of this. Like, why are you selling? What got you think thinking about selling? Why did you call me? Like, why did somebody refer you over to me, okay? Like I said, there can be so many different answers to this. But this is ultimately identifying what's the motivation, okay? Is it that you want to, you know, up, upsize, downsize? Like there can be so many different reasons. And I don't want to spend too much time on this question because I'm sure that you're all asking this question on your typical listing appointments. Um, number three, this is another big one. Do you have a place to go after you sell and what's your timeline, okay? 
Timeline is very, very important when it comes to cash versus retail. Okay. I'll give you another example where time frame played a pivotal role. And again, you have to you have to be ready to listen to the answers, process them, and again, give them what they need. So we met with a seller uh, in an area outside of Boston called West Roxbury. We went out to the home. Home was in good condition. So you might think automatically, okay, going to be a retail house, going to be a listing. We met with a seller. She said, I've lived in the house for 40 years. The most important thing to me is I want to move near near my daughter who lives south of the city, 30 miles south of the city. She said, I want to take my time. And that might mean it takes me two months. That might mean it takes me a year. She said, I, I'm going. I promised my daughter I want to be there, but I don't want to rush into anything and make a bad decision. So in this case, the seller is telling us they don't need to sell fast, but they want to sell when they want to sell. She wanted us to be ready the moment that she found a place, which happened to be eight months later. She called us. Hey, finally found it. I'm ready to go. I want you to buy my house in 30 days. Okay. So anything tied to a concrete timeline or somebody saying, I want to pick the date, right? I want to pick when you buy my house. I want to pick the date. Whenever somebody's talking like that, I'm starting to lean a little bit more towards the investor side. We always ask a question based on valuation. Now, again, you may or may not want to ask this question depending upon what the relationship is with the person and what role you're supposed to be playing. For example, if somebody calls us from one of our mailers and we mail towns all over New England, if they call and we say what we have here for number four script, hey, I haven't done much research yet. Do you happen to know how many houses, how much houses in the area are worth? That may sound totally 100% okay if they're calling from a mailer or if it's like a cold lead. But again, if you're if you're going into it with the expectation that you're the expert and that you should know the pricing, or somebody's calling you and you're the realtor for a particular town, you're very big in that town, it might not be the right question to ask. But there are different ways to kind of phrase this. And again, that's another thing when it comes to scripting that you want to be aware of. You have to phrase things in a way that you sound comfortable. Okay, you have to be very comfortable. These are my words, not your words. But there's a million different ways to say, hey, I haven't done my research yet. Do you happen to know how, how much houses in the, uh, in the area are worth? You can ask that in a million different ways. You can say something like, hey, do you know, like, you know what the assessed value of your house is or about what it's worth? What are you looking to get? Um, whatever, however you ask, I always like to ask it. It's important with cash offer and determining whether or not something should be more of a listing or more of a cash potential. Pricing expectations are important. Again, going back to like how we can we can sometimes be misled on these. It is common that somebody will say, "Hey, you know, my house is a 2 out of 10 condition," but then they give me a price for their house and everything that comes out of their mouth based on the questions that we ask them is that they want the most amount of money for their house. So again, even though the condition of their house is not great, they want to maximize the amount of money that they get. 
Alternatively, you can sometimes talk to people and they have a lower price expectation because they're willing to sell at a discount. Okay. The first investment deal I ever did, the property was worth about $450,000. When I went out on the appointment, I asked her how much she wanted. She wanted $300,000. Why did she want $300,000? Because she was moving into assisted living and that's how much money she needed to live there uh, for an extended period of time. That's what she wanted. She wanted an easy sale. Okay. So the timeline. Um, oh, no, I'm sorry. Um, again, a follow-up to the, the value. We're not going to hold you to this, but what is a rough estimate of what you would want for the home? Even a range is helpful. So I've learned that anytime I ask for someone's asking price, it automatically kind of puts them into a position where they get defensive because they automatically are going to assume, rightly or wrongly, that you're going to use that information against them. When people get asked the question about what their asking price is, and they get that feeling, they get that feeling, they're automatically going to go high. Okay, so the problem with them automatically going high is everyone's a little different. One person might go 10000 higher than what they want. Another person might go 500000 more than what they want. You know, they may think it's a back and forth where you're, you know, negotiating hundreds of thousands of dollars at a time. So anytime I ask for an overall estimate of what they're looking to get, I like to put in softening words, like I'm not going to hold you to it, or a rough estimate, a range, right? Just to get the conversation started. This is an important one when you're, where if you do believe that the house is going to go cash, that they want a cash offer, that they want the ease of a cash offer sale, getting that number is really valuable. Um, Two-thirds of the time you can get it or get a range or get something. A third of the time you're just not going to get that number. And that's the other thing with all of this scripting is no matter how perfectly you do things, you're always going to be out there improvising. Right. You're always because the other person sitting on the other side of you, whether it's on the phone or in person, they're not a robot. Right. So they're they're going to say a variety of different things. They're going to have a variety of different opinions. They may surprise you sometimes. So you have to be prepared. All right. Then we always ask when, whenever we get a number. OK. And again, keep in mind. You're not going to do all these things perfectly at first, but we're going to ask a question after we ask for their asking price. We're going to say, is that at all negotiable? Right out of the gate. Now, keep in mind that throughout this conversation so far, we have basically said to them, hey, we don't know what your house is worth. Like we just found out about your property. You just called in or I just got a referral. Uh, I'm sorry, I haven't had time to look it up. You know, I want to get a baseline of, of what you're looking to do. Um, is that at all negotiable? Is that price at all negotiable? And again, a lot of times that phrase in and of itself will actually tell you far more about whether or not you can get the property for a good price. Because if they're not negotiable at all, and sometimes people really aren't, they'll usually tell you, okay, I told you my asking price was 500. No, I'm not negotiable at all. Or they might say, yeah, it might be, you know, a little bit negotiable. 
And again, automatically right there, you know that they're negotiable to some extent. All right, so how soon do you want to sell the house? Huge. We talked about timing a little bit earlier, what their timeline is, how soon do they want to sell? What happens if they don't meet that timeline? That's another great question or a follow-up to that. What happens if you can't meet that deadline for whatever reason? If you can't meet that deadline for whatever reason, and it's a huge problem, well, right now might be the time to consider a cash offer. Across the country right now, as I'm sitting here doing this live session, November 15, 2022, a lot of stuff is sitting, right? Time on market is way up in almost every part of the beautiful United States, okay? So anytime that somebody says, hey, I need to sell in 45 days or less, or else something really bad is going to happen, they need to at least consider the cash offer, okay? Another question we always ask, have you ever have you met with any other investors or agents? Um, this question is great for a number of reasons. Um, depending on who they're meeting with is going to tell me a lot. Like if they're meeting with a bunch of other investors, that tells me, I mean, this is a lot of this stuff is obvious, but if they're meeting with a lot of other investors, they're strongly considering taking an investor offer. If they're meeting with a bunch of other agents, they're probably only considering at the moment listing. You know, I like to know, you know, who else, who the people are too. You know, what type of agents, who are they thinking about meeting? What's their relationship? Same thing with investors. Um, last question. And again, you're not going to ask every one of these questions on a call or even face-to-face. -face. You're not going to have time to do it. You're trying to paint the picture. Like, what is this person's objective? Are they looking to do everything within their power to get the most amount of money and willing to go through some inconveniences, some hassles, maybe making some repairs, not knowing the exact timeline, maybe having a, a, something to fix that inspection, maybe staging their house, definitely doing an open house, taking professional photos, but getting the most amount of money, or are they kind of just wanting easy, okay? And easy means cash, no, no financing contingency, no inspection, okay? No renegotiation, close on your time frame. Simple, simple. Even leave your stuff behind. So all of these questions, as you're getting them answered, what you want to be thinking in the back of your head is, what do they want? Is the solution that they want easy but less money or harder but more money? I mean, it's really as simple as that. And all of these questions are really going to help you answer that. Now, when you start to get good at this and you start to have a lot of these conversations, it becomes pretty easy because you may only ask one of these questions and you may get the answer that you need, right? They may tell you, hey, my house is up for auction. It's going to be up for auction in two weeks. It's like automatically you could ask them all these other questions that I've got up on the board right here. But guess what? It's not going to really matter because if they're getting foreclosed in two weeks, they need an investor solution, right? You know, flip it back around. If you go out there and all they're talking about is like, hey, how do I get my home show ready? How can we get the most amount of people into the open house? And they're asking questions like that. 
I mean, a cash offer is not for that person. Okay. So, um, again, we're talking about a phone call, but this is all stuff we're doing both on the phone and in person. So we're always going to go out there. If somebody wants a cash offer, we're going to go out there. We're going to meet with them. We're going to come into their home. Okay. One thing that we like to set, and this is again, it's hugely important and also why um, we like to have a longer phone call up front. But we set expectations for the appointment. We want our patient, in this case a seller, to know what we're going to do. We want them to feel at ease. We want them, if it's a win-win for us to work together, to be able to make that decision there. We don't want them to think about it. You want to get them to feel very comfortable with you. And you also want them to feel comfortable telling you no. And that's something in my scripting, I always tell people, I don't care what I'm selling. I'm selling the inner circle. I'm selling a listing. I'm selling a cash offer. I'm selling on recruiting somebody to my company. Look, I want you to be very comfortable telling me no. You know, we can still be friends. We're not the right fit for everybody. You know, I, I'm sure it goes the other way too. Um, this is going to be the opposite of most of the sales experiences that you've ever had, where somebody's going to put all the pressure in the world on you to make a decision that day and not give you the option to say no. If you tell me no, I'm going to accept the no. We're going to shake hands. If anything ever changes, it's okay. But I want to make you very comfortable telling me no, because it's totally fine if for whatever reason, um, you know, we're not the right fit. So what are we going to tell them about the appointment? We're going to tell them a few things. Number one, how long it lasts, right? People have all different um, opinions on that, right? Somebody might think, oh, I could show you, I could walk them through my house in 10 minutes. Some other person might think, well, we need to have a sit down. We need to um, have lunch together. It's a two hour appointment. It's going to be a 30 minute appointment. Okay. Maybe a little bit longer, probably not shorter. Okay. Number two, we're going to do as much research ahead of time as we can. Right. So when we go out on the appointment, we want to know kind of like a range of what we're going to offer you. We also want to know a range of what we're going to list your home at. Okay. We're going to do all that homework ahead of time so that when we go out there, we're just reconciling. Okay. I know what the comp says, but what's the condition of your house? Okay. So we're going to do that up front. Okay. Then when we get there, we're going to do a brief walkthrough of your property. Okay. We don't need to see everything. Again, we're making a cash offer or we're comparing a cash offer to a listing. We've been in enough houses where we can see most of the things we need to see for 10 minutes. Then we want to sit down with you and go over your options. We do have multiple options for you of ways you can sell your house. And, and usually it comes down to, to one of three things that happen. Number one, we recommend a listing. Number two, we recommend a cash offer. Number three, we recommend that you don't even sell your house. Now you might think in your head, like, why would you ever recommend them not selling their house? I'll give you an example of something that came up just two weeks ago. Seller lived in a big house. They told us they were downsizing. They told us they were going to save money. Um, they were going from like a $700,000 house to a five fifty. I ran the numbers at the table. They were going to be paying more because interest rates are higher. So that was just one example where the sellers didn't think through that. We sat down. They were very, very happy 
because I saved them a bunch of time from having to go out, look at homes, make offers, and then find out later you can't pull this off. So they were happy. They'll probably come back to us when rates dip, right? So we have them in our database. But we want to prepare them. Hey, we're going to do the homework ahead of time. We're going to walk through your property. We're going to sit down. We're going to go over our options. Um, if we feel like it's a good solution for us to work together and we can get you what you need, um, you know, we would like to, at all, if at all possible, come to a decision that day. Um, but we also want to give you the opportunity to tell us no. And telling us no doesn't mean that you don't like us. It just means that you're not, you know, you feel like you've got a better option out there. We're not the right solution for everybody. But if we're, it's a win-win, can we agree that we're going to move forward that day? Now, that's called an upfront contract. It works probably three quarters of the time. Because most people, if they know that you're coming out there to get them to make a decision, and you're going to prepare and you prep them the right way, and you built rapport on the call, they're usually going to say yes. Now, there are some people who are going to tell you, hey, I need this other person there. I need that other person there. I need to talk to my attorney. Nothing you can do. You're dead in the water there. Okay? So if they can't make a decision that day, that's fine. We want to get an understanding of their decision-making process. Like, hey, how are you going to be making a decision? Oh, I just need my spouse to be there. Well, can they be there all, you know, already? No. Okay. Well, then if I know that the second spouse needs to be there, I'm probably going to do the best job I can on that first appointment. But while I'm there, I'm going to try to set up appointment number two to meet with spouse number two. So um, there's a bunch of other questions that you can ask. And these are just kind of like going into more detail, right? We talked about the scale of one to 10. This is th These are just condition questions. And, th and these condition questions are any of them you can use. They almost don't matter which ones you use, right? Just asking a question, does the house have any special features, right? That's going to tell you a lot right there, right? Because if the person goes off for 10 minutes about all the special features, you can almost put the check in the bank that that one's going to be a retail appointment. If you ask, does the house have any special features? And they start to laugh or get embarrassed or they're like, no, you know, it doesn't, then again, you know the house probably needs some work. Other questions like just confirming public record, we do that both to, to engage them, but also to hear how they kind of reply. You know, I see on public record, you've got three beds, two baths. Is that accurate? Right? Again, how they respond to that is going to tell you a lot. They might go on and on and on about this addition they built or something that's great about the house or something that's not captured in public record. Or they might just be matter of fact, you know, hey, yeah, that's what it has. Again, seller's plans. So these are just drilled down questions, okay, that we already kind of covered about where they're going. What towns are you considering? Are you, are you staying in the same area? Um, one thing that just uh, an example of something we've seen over and over again, when a seller sells cash, is they get into a position where they've got a house, house needs a lot of work. They get to the point where they can't keep up and then they just want to like buy something that they can have no mortgage on. And we've done a lot of people selling their home and moving into condos or mobile homes or something that's just, just a lot less expensive, right? That's the person telling you like when, 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 when they say, hey, I'm considering, 
you know, leaving the single family and living in a mobile home. That tells you a lot, right? It tells you that they're under a lot of financial stress right now. It tells you that they're realistic, like, hey, I'm making a move to improve my financial situation, and this is how I'm going to do it, right? Um, seller's time frame, you know, one thing that we ask, you know, if people, you know, are kind of hazy on the time frame, sometimes that happens. We'll just drill down. Hey, is it th like three months, six months, a year, two years? You'd be surprised at how many people will tell you their timeline is like unknown. And then you go, oh, do you mean like two years? And they go, no, 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 no. I want to be out of here by the winter. And it's November 15th. It's like, okay, so you have a very good idea. That's another thing with these scripting questions, just to kind of, you know, put it out there. A lot of times you need to ask the question multiple times, maybe in different ways. So again, you say, you know, what's your rough timeline for selling your property? Oh, I have no timeline. Okay, cool. Like, does it sound like, like, do you think it's more like a year, two years? Then you give them options and then they pick, right? Oh, no, it's more like six months. That is very true also with the asking price. Hey, do you have, you know, any idea, rough ballpark, what you're looking to get for the house? No, no idea. Okay, cool. Like, well, um, you know, I looked up your assessed values like 350. Is that kind of like sound about right to you? And then all of a sudden, that's called price anchoring. So price anchoring is you throwing out a number. And in an ideal world, you're throwing out the assessed value because it's a very safe number for you, right? You're out there on an appointment. You're talking to them on the phone. You've never been in the house. You don't know what it's worth. Hey, here's the assessed value. Everyone's always going to have an opinion based on their assessed value. So it's definitely a little bit of a trick there. So that's, that's my secret sauce. But you can use another number. You can use the Zestimate. You can use Realtor.com. You can, you can use anything. You can, you can use anything. Hey, a house, I just saw a house selling your street for 500. Is it, is it like that one? And they're going to, again, they're always going to have an opinion. It's funny how, how much people won't tell you until you give them options. Um, we talked about the seller asking price, whether or not it's negotiable. Other homes in the area, we talked about the assessed value. Um, so specific to the cash offer process or where they're at in the process, you know, questions like, are you just starting to research? What do you find most attractive about the cash offer process? Um, who are you meeting with? Has anyone else presented you with an offer or a list price? How important is the timeline to you? So these are just, again, all questions that you can ask, and they're all so important. So this is the call, right? And then the second doc I have is the actual face-to-face -face appointment. Here's the thing. The, the only difference between what you're going to ask on the phone and in person is probably how long you're going to take on each question and how much you're going to dig in, right? So we have phrasing in here, like if you're on the appointment, we're going to ask more open-ended questions, more impact questions like, oh, really? You know, why do you say that? What do you mean? What's that like? How does that feel? How long has that been going on? How long has that been on your mind? Is that a big deal or a little deal? You can see like these questions could be asked over the phone, but they're going to turn your 15-minute call into an hour call. And 
the difference between kind of like setting yourself up on the phone versus in person, you want to get as much information out of the seller ahead of time on the phone as you can in like 15 to 20 minutes, maybe even 10 to 20 minutes. On the face-to-face, now you've got them. The face-to-face is totally different because the face-to-face, if it lasts under an hour, I'm going to be nervous because, again, you're looking to get somebody to sign a piece of paper about their most valuable asset within an hour. It's just tough to do unless you set yourself up up front on the phone and then nail it in an hour. But I would say the average time that my face-to-face seller appointments used to take would be about 90 minutes. Sometimes I would go longer. I mean, I would get a vibe for how slow or, or fast the person was looking to make a decision, how much trust played a role. You know, like typically if somebody takes a little bit longer to warm up to you, they're going to need more time. Okay. So I gave you guys the links to these questions, but as you're going through them again, they're all just similar questions to what we were talking about on the phone. Okay. So you want to ask all of these questions until you get a very clear understanding of which direction they want to go in. Again, is it cash or is it retail? Now, if I'm now I'm put I'm going into this just with my like say that I'm an agent who maybe got a referral for this property, um, or even if you're generating it online, I'm going to go in and I'm going to ask all these questions until I get a real good feel for. Number one, do they want the ease of a cash transaction? Again, no inspections, no contingencies, closing your time frame, leave your stuff behind. Or do they want to get the property in sale-ready condition, have a big open house, market the heck out of the home, and get the most amount of money? When you're meeting with a seller and the answer is to get the most amount of money for their house, it's a very easy thing, right? You're all agents. You've all gone on listing appointments. You don't really have to do much else other than what you've already done. The only thing I would probably weave in is I would say, hey, you know, just to let you know, you know, I know that your top priority is getting the most amount of money for your house as you can get. So we're going to do that. Um, the market has been a little bit wacky in the last 60 to 90 days. And probably isn't going to change anytime soon. We've seen that there are some houses that are sitting on the market a little bit longer than normal. Houses that are priced right, taking longer to sell. Um, it's related to the fact that mortgage rates basically went from 3 to 7% in the course of about 90 days, 120 days. So I just want, to leave, I just want you to be aware that there is an option with my company or the company I work for or the investor I partner with um, for you to just hey say, hey, I'm ready to sell. Basically a sell now price. You can, you can, you have the ability to execute on that whenever you want. So we're going to list your house for $299.9. That's the right price for your house. If after, you know, 15 days in the market, you just want to be done. I've got an investor who's willing to pay $240. You probably aren't going to need this. But I just want to make you aware that this is an option. Okay. Now, I don't want to spend too much time on that, but just know I've just been seeing in the market right now some properties that you want to expect to sit sitting. And again, this is all due to the economy. 
I'm sure you've you know heard about stuff in the news. And um, again, my objective is to get you top dollar, but this is kind of like a backup just in case you need it. Now, on the flip side, let's say that you go through all of these questions, get a bunch of answers, and the person really wants the cash offer. I would then make sure that they understand that they're taking a discount because this is very important. When you say to somebody, hey, how would you like to sell cash, no contingencies, you pick the closing date, you leave your stuff behind? Everyone's going to want to do it, right? But are they going to be willing to do it at a discount? Right to be able to sell cash to an investor off market, they need to take a discount. So when I start to hear people talking about the them kind of wanting the benefits, you know, just like every product that's out there, right? You want a regular watch, it's not going to be perfect, but it's going to be cheap. You want a Rolex, it's going to be pretty perfect, but it's not going to be cheap, right? So again, you can give any analogy you want where you're picking two different products. The hardest part about the cash offer sale is you will often get people who want both. They want the Rolex for the Walmart watch price, okay? I am sure as agents, you have all seen this throughout the course of being an agent. How many of your buyers have told you that they want the same thing? So it's not uncommon that a seller after hearing the benefits of the cash offer, is going to say, oh, yeah, I want cash. I want no contingencies. I want to leave my stuff behind. And, you know, I'll take a $10,000 discount to do it. And um, as we know, it just doesn't work that way. So, you know, what I'll kind of do when I'm having that conversation it's just going to the, the the difference that there is going to be a pretty decent di- um, difference in price. So if you want those benefits, ultimately you have to pay for them by taking a lower price. I'll say something like when they tell me how much the benefits, how important the benefits are to them, I'll say, you know, you know, those benefits are going to end up costing, you know, quite a bit of money. How important are those benefits? Because it's going to cost you. So how important are those benefits on a scale of, say, like 1 to 10? If they tell you like a 2, I'm going to say, I this isn't going to work for you. You're not going to want to take a discount because you're motivated by a 2. When they tell me a 10, then I'm starting to think, well, they may, you know, want to hear, you know, w- what the offer is. When we go into the offer, I always give a range. I always give a range. Because multiple reasons, one of them is the condition of the house, some of it's negotiating, but we're always going to give them some range. So, and, and the other thing that we always say, which is true, is this isn't me making an offer or my company or somebody I represent. This is what all investors are going to pay. So, you know, your list price was going to be $299, $299. Investors, all investors are going to be in like the 220 to 230 range. All investors, because we all work off of the same margins. We all do the same stuff. And then pause. They're either going to have one of two reactions. They're either going to be like, oh, okay. Or they're going to be like, no, 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 no. No way I can do 220, 230. Can you get me 285? That's the most common response. Keep in mind. 
This is so important. Only about 10% of all sellers are going to want to sell cash. So keep that in mind. This is not going to be the outcome. The cash offer outcome is going to be the minority of your appointments, going to be the least amount of, of success that you have. Most people are going to want the benefits and the attractiveness of the cash offer, but they're going to pick in the end that they don't want to pay money for it. Just like everybody wants the Rolex watch, but most people don't have them, right? Because you have to pay a big price to get them. You have to pay a big price to get all the cash offer benefits. And it's really our job to figure out how valuable those benefits are to somebody. So if somebody is negotiating back and forth on a range, you know, we're usually going to have say, hey, I get to talk to my business partner. If I can get you the 220 or the 230, are you ready to move forward today? If it's a yes, we're going outside, we're making a phone call. Hey, we can get to 230. Like sign today. If not, if they're if they're not willing to do it, well, hey, maybe we should circle back around to the listing. Right? I'm always gonna circle back around to the listing if they're not willing to accept the cash offer price. And you might think, well, that's gonna get the person to list more frequently, but oftentimes it gets them to actually take the offer. Because again, what they kind of usually want is cash offer process, convenience, but a retail price. So if they keep pushing me towards a retail price, I'm going to say, hey, cash offer is not what you need then. You know, so, so that's in a nutshell how we're using our scripts. And again, the most important thing for you guys to all kind of think about is, is just simply to get all of this stuff in your brain and to be able to say it in a way that you feel comfortable with. If you look at some of these questions and you don't feel comfortable asking them, do not force yourself to ask those questions. It's going to come off really bad. You're going to be uncomfortable. There is no one question in here. There's no not one part of the script in here that's, that's 100% mandatory. I could pick and choose all different things. I could rephrase a bunch of things. But again, what you're looking to get is like, Hey, are you really a cash seller or a retail seller? Once you know that, then you know the path you can go down and you can kind of make headway. Again, I know I put this in the Facebook group for me to send the scripts. Again, I want to make sure that you guys know how to get access to them. Tinyurl.com slash agent investor scripts. Um, but if you do have any questions, type them in. If not, Go to www.agentinvestorinnercircle.com. It will take you to a booking page. And on that booking page, you can select a day and time to learn more about the Inner Circle. Put your name, your phone number in here. Once you fill it out, you're going to get a Zoom link. All you have to do is show up for the Zoom call. On the Inner Circle call, we're going to go over your situation, right? All this script stuff. This is not just stuff like I talk about. It's what I do in real life. So when we when we talk to somebody about the inner circle, we want to figure out same thing with these questions. Like, where are you at? You know, how long have you been an agent for? How long have you been an investor for? Have you started investing? What do you have access to now? Do you have access to capital? Do you have access to labor? Do you have access to deals? Where do you want to go? You know, what's the outcome that you want when it comes to investing? Is it to work less? Is it to buy expensive things? 
Is it to just get peace of mind? Is it to retire your spouse? Whatever these things are, we're going to figure out what they are, how much money you need to get there, and then what your vehicle is. You know, are you investing in short-term rentals, long-term rentals, apartments? Are you passively investing in, in deals like the deals that we have and just get a return on your capital? Are you looking to fix and flip? Are you looking to wholesale? And then we'll come up with a plan on the call. And we'll talk about the benefits of being in the inner circle. Um, some of the highlights of being in the inner circle are that you get 24-7 access to me to ask me questions. Um, second thing is you get the ability to partner with us on deals so that you don't need to bring money and you don't need to do the construction. You get access to all of our systems and tools. We showed you a couple of them today with the scripts that we have. We have far more than just this. You get lifetime access to all of our quarterly events, VIP dinners to all of our quarterly events. And really, more than anything else, we give you a shortcut to hitting your investing goals. We can't do all the work for you, but we can give you the shortcut that you need, right? Instead of you driving there in a bicycle, you're going to be driving there in a in a you know a, a car, basically. That's what we give to you. And if you're interested in learning more, just book a session at www.agentinvestorinnercircle.com, which I have up here. So I'm not seeing any questions coming in. Let me just double check. I don't see anything. This is recorded. The scripts will be available at any point that you guys need them. And um, again, we do these training sessions every Tuesday at 11 a.m. One more thing, if you guys aren't paying attention um, or don't know about it, make sure that you're listening to the podcast too. So if you go to www.agentinvestorpodcast.com, we release one episode a week of the Agent Investor Podcast. Typically, we're interviewing other successful agent investors. We're talking about their journeys, how they became successful. Every week, we're typically covering like another agent that we've interviewed. Um, people that are just like yourself, that are successful agents who have implemented the investing strategies. If you if you listen to the show and you like the show, please give us a five-star review. Obviously, we do all of this stuff completely for free. Um, it does help me build my business, but actually creating the content, giving you guys this content, anything that you can do to promote it, um, you know, we greatly appreciate. So we'll be back again next week, Tuesday, 11 a.m. EST. Like I talked about in the beginning of the show, if you have a topic that you want to make sure is covered, please post it in the Facebook group. This content is not what I think you need. It's about what you you need. Be selfish. Don't, don't worry about whether or not somebody else is going to get value out of it. As they say, there's no such thing as a dumb question. If you're thinking about a question, somebody else probably is. That's very true. If you're thinking about a topic, somebody else probably is too. So anyways, We'll see you again next Tuesday, 11 a.m. EST. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to the Agent Investor Podcast. And especially thank you for sharing the show with other agents and reviewing the show on iTunes. Every time you share the show and leave a review, you are potentially changing someone's life. To get free weekly education strategies and to connect with other agent investors across the country, join our free Facebook group at agentinvestor.com. Again, that's agentinvestor.com.